And welcome back to another episode of Black Hair Care No Chaser. This is Kanisha Tillman, the owner of Tutus and Tennis Shoes, which is a hair care education company. And in that company, I specialize in teaching white adoptive parents how to take care of their black kids' hair. Um, but you know, this podcast is not for them. This podcast is more so an outlet for myself when I get tired of trying to convince them that they should be anti-racist, especially since they have black kids. Um, And you know what? I almost let myself forget that I had this podcast as an outlet. Um, But I need to use it, y'all. I need to use it today. I needed to use it yesterday. So let me first fill you in on what's currently happening. I'm sitting on a kayak in the middle of the river. So if you start hearing splashing sounds of like water, that's because I'm paddling, trying to get back to shore. It's almost time for me to turn this boat in. Um, If you hear me scream, it's because I caught a fish on the fishing line that is also in the water. And truth be told, I'm a little scared of catching a fish. Don't ask me why. It's not like I've never been fishing before. It's not like I don't enjoy fishing. I think it's a simple fact that I'm on this little skinny boat and I'm clumsy. And I think that when I catch this fish, it's going to pull me into the water. So that is the current happenings like right this second. But let me fill you in on what my life has been like the past few days. So um, I live in North Carolina, which is the South and it's Trump country. We are a um, Republican county. And, you know, I, I have to admit something. Sometimes I can be a little spontaneous in my moves, right? I look at the world as kind of my oyster and forget about the people who live in it to a certain extent. So I moved here clearly focusing on the natural beauty more so than what was the actual people like. I moved here because I was excited to be within driving distance of the beach and also day trip distance of mountains and waterfalls and all kind of other natural, um, natural, now I'm having a brain fart, but y'all get what I'm saying. Anyway. So last year, of course, was COVID year. My son was not in school. We homeschooled. It was fun, exciting, free, overwhelming, exhausting, all of the above. Like it was a whole punch bowl of feelings. And we lived in an apartment complex that was small. So we did have some interaction with other kids. Um, we have luckily made it all the way through COVID without catching, I mean, all the way through this past COVID year without catching COVID. And I would like to continue on that path, even though I decided this year to put him back in brick and mortar school. And so going into brick and mortar school, again, I don't know how I allow myself to be this naive, but sometimes I do. I found a small school, a charter school. I do enjoy charter schools um, up until now. Uh, And I'm not going to, you know, discount all charter schools. It's just that this particular school is having some issues. Um, I like charter schools because they usually have a little bit more freedom in how they teach curriculum. They're usually smaller. My son absolutely needs smaller classes. Um, And they're usually, you know, newer buildings, newer um, books and tools and all the stuff that the kids, you know, use on a day-to-day basis. And in my past experience with Kip in Atlanta, they were held to a higher standard. They held themselves to a higher standard. And so it was absolutely exceptional education there and an exceptional experience. And so I guess I have always decided that charter schools are 
in our best interest. And when I lived in Iowa, I was quite disappointed that they did not offer charter schools. What's going on at this school is not because it's charter school. Although some people on social media are equating it to being a charter school and, you know, bringing up their personal agendas about how charter schools pull money away from public schools and this, this, and that. The issue is flat out racism. We're in North Carolina. We're in Trump country. We are in an area where white folks think that they have the upper hand and they think that they are right. They think that their needs are more important than others, you know, and they are not shy about it. Um, overall, day to day, I don't see a lot of it blatantly. Um, couple, Well, when we first moved here, of course, people had their Trump bumper stickers and Trump signs on their cars. And, you know, some of them had Trump signs in their yard. Okay, so that was, you know, fairly blatant. Other than that, there's not like any clan meetings or, you know, I hadn't been called the N-word in the grocery store or anything like that. Well, my son is in a school, small school, like I said, and in the eighth grade, in his class, there has been multiple racist acts, um, including a young man who repeatedly called black kids racist names, including the N-word and monkey. Um, and he, aside from his racist acts, would not adhere to the COVID protocol. Now, this young man does have an IEP. I'm not sure what his particular diagnosis or needs are and to a certain extent I'm not concerned with them because at the end of the day the school's responsibility is to make sure they're serving every child and I personally don't believe that his IEP um, restricts the school from being able to serve the other students so this young man like I said has had issues with COVID protocol he didn't really get in trouble he might get written up sent to the D's office for the rest of the day or something like that. Nothing was really getting through to him. And then he started using racial, um, derogatory racial comments. And um, although my son has not been on the receiving end of one, he has been in class. He sits near this young man in this particular class. And I've asked that his feet be moved in all his classes. And in this class, the teacher said no. And my son still moved. He didn't move far because he couldn't. But he did move over a seat and put an empty seat in between him and the student. Well, also in this class, that teacher, which is a literature teacher, decided to teach the Constitution on Constitution Day. I didn't even know Constitution Day existed, y'all. So that was on a Friday. I think it's like Friday the 17th. She taught um, about the Constitution. And in her lesson, she had the black students stand up and she told them, well, you know, if it wasn't for the Constitution, you all would be my field slaves, or you would all would be my slaves working in a field. I don't remember how which order she said it in, but it doesn't really matter. The biggest thing is she personalized it. She taught the Constitution incorrectly because that's not what the Constitution did. If that was the case, then why were the people, why were the founding fathers slave owners? And why do we celebrate Juneteenth? And it is so many things that would be like, ma'am, you know you're teaching this ass looking backwards, right? Like, this ain't what happened. But, you know, she's white. She's young. She's from here. She thought she knew it, so that's what she taught. Then, in that same classroom, this young man, the white boy I was telling you about, um, he, when he called the black kid a monkey, the black kid told him that was racist, he shouldn't say it, whatever, tried to educate him. And the teacher said... 
oh, it's okay because we're all a little bit racist. So the black kid was all right then. So he called the white kid a cracker. When the teacher said she was going to write him up. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. If you weren't going to write up Mr. IEP having, then you, who started this, who has been antagonizing this young man um, for days prior, then you should not write him up for calling him a cracker, especially since you just stated they were all a little bit racist and that this type of language is okay in your classroom. But still, that's what she chose to do. Like, that was her reaction, okay? So the children kept on talking, and um, there's a white girl. Well, she's white and Asian, I think. She is the dean's daughter. She was standing in a group of black girls, and goes on to say something to the extent of, I don't understand why y'all, why you people get so upset about being called monkeys anyway. So the black girls try to educate her and explain it to her the best they can. And mind you, these are all eighth graders. And the same teacher walks up to this group, and it's all black girls except for this one white girl. And um, she goes, oh, it's okay. You all are just my little monkeys. And that real condescending ridiculous you know tone like she completely ignored these students advocating for themselves asking educating she just ignored it all okay so we fast forward to September 20th and this is when parents are really starting to catch wind of the monkey statement so there was a post made in the parental group asking if any other eighth grade parents had heard of it and parents started having a conversation Well, that brought to light all these other incidents, racial incidents, racist incidents, I should say, that have been happening in this school, not only in this grade, not only in this classroom, not only with this teacher. But most people started focusing on this particular incident and decided to email the school and ask that something be done. So the school asked the teacher to sign. Sorry about that, guys. I apologize. Somebody called and interrupted the recording. So as I was saying, the school asked the teacher to resign. They did not, they didn't fire her. They let her respectively resign, comfortably resign. They didn't have her write an apology. They didn't, they asked her to resign. And the young man, they gave him a couple of days suspension, like maybe three, four days. I don't remember exactly how many. But he was not expelled. Now, mind you, he is a student who has repeatedly used racial slurs. He is a student that has repeatedly antagonized and picked on the black boys, especially in his class. Um, There was another black student coming to find out that this same young man antagonized, antagonized, antagonized. And one day he was antagonizing in class and then they made it outside to recess and he was still messing with him and a black and he threw a ball at the black boy and hit him and so by this point the black boy was ready to retaliate well all of a sudden teachers stepped in and they called the dean and both students ended up in the dean's office and um don't know all the particulars in that one because that parent did not speak up or maybe they didn't know that there was a parental group maybe they didn't feel advocated for i don't know but that student no longer goes to the school the black student doesn't There's been other black families that have come forward and said that they no longer go to the school because of other racist incidents. Okay, so the young man, the white boy, he comes back to school the following week and he goes on to start his nonsense all over again. 
So he ends up saying something to a different black boy and saying um, that that kid was a fried chicken loving something. And the students at this point are irritated because they don't even understand why he's back. And they're like, dude, you just got suspension. Like, we told you about this. Why would you say something like that? And he turns around and goes, it's okay. I like fried chicken, too. So it's almost as if he learned how to downplay comments that he said that have clearly been derogatory, clearly have been racist, um, and try to make light of them like his teacher used to do. Okay, so since the first incident that we learned of, which was September 20th, and this one, there has been email exchanged with the school, with the school and the school staff and some of the staff's um, superiors. And in those emails, they're very vague. They'll say things like, we're going to investigate it, but they're only talking to people who have reached out to them. They never addressed it as a whole. As a school, they never really um, said that we do not appreciate it, like we don't stand for it. They never tried to deter more of this behavior in their school. They tried to really keep it as quiet as possible. They tried to keep it a secret. Well, didn't really work. Um, so I had said in my emails, now I can't speak for everybody else's emails, but I had asked very specific questions about what they were going to do in the future to prevent racism in the classroom. And what does the training look like for their teachers? Because they have a high population of kids of color in their school. So do they do any diversity training with their teachers? Do they do anything on inclusion, implicit bias, racism? And the principal basically said, no, all colleges have some training. And so their, their, their teachers come into the school with the training that the colleges provide. And that's that. And so I asked, well, going forward, what training are you going to provide Like, what are you going to do with the students? And she commences to basically say that FERPA, F-E-R-P-A, because of its policies, she can't divulge any information. Ma'am, if (laughs) I'm not asking you what you're going to do to that specific student anymore, I'm asking you how you're going to address the whole school. And she didn't answer. So the day that he said the fried chicken comment, um, my son had went to his dean and talked to his dean. The dean called me at four something to let me know about it, but didn't tell me who said what and what was said. He was real vague in the phone call. So by the time I picked up my son later that afternoon and heard it all, I'm livid. Because I'm like, you've given this child another chance to be racist. And here he is continuing his behavior because he thinks it's a joke. He thinks it's acceptable. You have shown him that it is all these things. All right, so the conversation. So I did what I said I was going to do in the email. I went public with it, right? And it went viral. And the news is now covering it. Local news, it's on national news, whatever. So now white people are all in their feelings and hurt because their school is being attacked. Not, hey, how the black students, how they're feeling. We want to stand with them. Hey, we're talking to our kids. We're making sure that they're standing with them. Hey, what do y'all want to do? What are you asking the school to do? No. They are letting us know that they are very unhappy because the school, according to them, is being attacked. And it's making the school look bad. And it's spiraling out of control. Why would we say this? And everything we post is toxic. Everything we say in this parental group 
is toxic and why won't we just stop talking about it? So much so, a man today, literally like 10 minutes ago, came onto one of my posts where I was giving the other parents the number to the, um, to the news reporter and says that I don't understand why you all are keeping this conversation going. What did you expect the school to do? They handled that one incident. The teacher is no longer there, this, this, and that. So I said to him, well, you must not read very well because clearly it has not just been one incident. It is a long history of racist incidents at this school and it's not being handled because if it had been handled, we're not just irrational. We would have, you know, okay, great. We feel safe. Our kids are safe at school. Great. Life would have went on, right? But clearly it's not being handled. So anyway, he goes on to tell me that he likes WCA because this is the first time his child has actually had all his needs met. And he, and I said, okay, and your child looks like you. He's white male. Well, no, I can guarantee my child doesn't look like anybody in that school. Y'all, he is comparing his child's special needs to being black and the racism that's happening in the school. Now, I'm not saying that his child's special needs or his facial deformity or any of that is not important. What I'm saying is it is not the same thing as my child showing up in his regular everyday body and having to repeatedly hear teachers and students talk down to him, be disrespectful, and, and have to deal with verbal abuse. Now, this man goes on to say how he has continued to advocate for his son, and that's why he finally is at WCA, and he's so happy that all his child's needs are being met. So, sir, you thought it was okay to say that you've been advocating for your son endlessly, but it is not okay for us to advocate for our children. We should just shut up. Because your son's face looked a little funny, and maybe he got something else going on, and those things are important to you, as they should be. You're a dad, but you should also understand why it is important to us that we make sure that our children are also safe and our needs are also being met. Like, how in the fuck do you come onto a post and literally say, I advocated for my child, but you shouldn't. You should not advocate for yours. And I've dealt with people treating my child differently. And I didn't like it. And so I continued to advocate until I found somewhere where my child wasn't dealing with it. But you shouldn't expect you shouldn't expect that you can go somewhere and your children be safe and not have to deal with being treated differently. The audacity. These motherfucking audacity. Why people kill me with this dumb stuff. So I did forget to tell you that um, during all this nonsense about other people's children, there's a sub there to replace one of the teachers, white person, of course, because uh, I do know there's some black staff, but there's not a whole lot of black staff at this school. But anyway, there's the white person and this white person decides, mind you, it's COVID. Everybody don't forget we're in the middle of a pandemic to rub my son's head vigorously and call him this one. So this one, this one gave you a pencil. First of all, why are you even standing close enough to be able to reach my son? Aren't y'all supposed to be six feet apart? Unless you got an abnormally long wingspan, why the hell are you close enough to touch my son? Second of all, on any given day, it's gross. Your hands are dirty. You didn't touch everything under the sun. You're in here teaching a bunch of kids. Why do you think that my son's head should be where you rub all your germs vigorously across the top of his head? Second of all, I mean, third of all, which number am I on, y'all? Whatever number I'm on, that of all, that's a microaggression. You think you can pet my son? My full human-ass son. You thought you could just walk up and pet him and consider him this one. 
No, first of all, his name is Hayden. He's not of this one. And he was being kind by letting one of his peers use his pencil. All you had to do was stand up there in your teacher box and say thank you. You didn't have to come over and touch him and rub on his head. And, that, and so my son speaks up and says, hey, excuse me, I don't like that. Please don't touch me. And she kind of just shrugs her shoulder and walks off. She doesn't say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean harm. She doesn't acknowledge him as a person, right? So I said this in an email to the principal. Do I get a response? No, of course I don't get a response. Mm-mm. I don't get a response. I still have not gotten any kind of direct answer from the school or anything. Now, mind you, the school sent out a school-wide email and made a Monday announcement on our phones about the TikTok challenges and the damages in the boys' bathroom already. And so that the soap dispensers have been damaged. And although the damage is minor, they're hoping that our students know better to damage anything else and don't follow through on any of the other TikTok challenges. So they actively showed and said that they are discouraging that behavior to the whole school, mind you, but they did not discourage racist behavior. They won't even call it racist behavior. They call it racially insensitive comments and incidents. Way to go, guys. Way to go on being extremely tone deaf and belittling us as if it's not really that important. These black folks are just complaining again. Jeez Louise, how are we supposed to, why don't they just shut up? So here we are in the midst of a kind of an online shit show, right? Most of the time when you pull up to the school, it's really calm and quiet. Nobody's protesting outside the school. There's nobody standing there with angry signs. Nothing is going on. Not even on the day that there was supposed to be coffee with the principal. Coffee with the principal was pre-scheduled. It's been on the schedule for at least a month now, right? But coffee with the principal happened to be the day after the racist incidents went public and went viral. And, or was it the day, two days after? Either way, when we showed up at the school for coffee with the principal, the doors were locked. They wouldn't let us in. Mind you, this is a school with our children in it. They wouldn't let us in, and they would only talk to us through an intercom. And they said that that, that event had been canceled, and an email was sent out the day before at 4 o'clock. Multiple parents said they had not received that email. I don't believe the email was actually sent. The only email that was sent was one that said something about transparency and something about how the school is not trying to hide the racism and they are doing something about it. Mind you, not saying what they're doing about it. Um, that was sent to the school wide and they didn't say, they actually really didn't address the racism. They addressed the fact that it was on social media. That's pretty much, <laughs> that was pretty much the focus of that email. Either way, it's a lie because there's nothing transparent about this school and they are not addressing the racism. Like, they're doing nothing. But the principal now has personal security at the school and a cop to escort her to and from her car in the afternoon. I just, I just find it really odd when nobody's there to threaten you, nobody's allowed in the building, and you're doing everything right. You're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. You don't condone racism. These are all the things that she has said. Then why do you feel like you need security? To me, it seems like a, guilt, a guilty conscience. Or, you know, it's standard white fragility, really. You know, white girl, 
plays like a victim because a black woman, multiple black women, because not, not even the only one that said something, has called her on her bullshit. And so now she's playing like something is oh going to happen to her. And she's so deathly afraid. So she needs police to come escort her 20 feet from the door of the school to her car. She looks ridiculous, y'all. Absolutely ridiculous. I just needed to get that off my chest, honestly. You know, it was therapeutic getting it off my chest and rowing the boat, as I said it, because the things that were upsetting me, like this man telling me that we should stop advocating for our kids, even though he advocated for his, (laughs) I can't punch anybody. That's not politically correct. You're not supposed to want to punch anybody. And so instead, I could just row this boat. I could just pedal. I could push the paddle as hard as I could into the water. I don't think I've ever paddled as hard as I am right now. So I appreciate y'all listening to my therapy in this um, kayak. And I hope that your Friday is going very well. Or whatever day you actually listen to this one. Because this is timeless. And I forget that sometimes. But whatever day you're listening to this, I hope it is going exceptionally well. And I hope if you are the parent of a child, you never forget and you never get scared and you never let anybody back you down from advocating for your child. I almost did. Like yesterday, I was feeling very defeated. I felt like enough parents, not enough parents are speaking up. My face was all over the news and I was being portrayed as some, you know, horrible person that just hates this school and this, this and that who caused this issue which I in no way did. Like, logically, I know I didn't. But the pressures were real yesterday. Um, and so today, I appreciate y'all listening to my podcast, letting me get this off my chest. And I will catch y'all on another one.